0: Welcome to This Week in Common Sense, starring Paul Jacob. My name is Timothy Verkula. We talk about the big stories of the week as they've appeared at thisiscommonsense.org. That's Common Sense with Paul Jacob. Appearing five days a week, right? On the weekends, this podcast. Rumble, SoundCloud. There you can find us, but it's always thisiscommonsense.org. Here's Paul.
1: Well, as much as we uh, talk about the media, the news media, I thought I'd lead off by... uh offering one of the quotations every week, every day, every day of the week, every week of the year, every year of the century, uh, we have uh, a thought of the day. And uh, Voltaire, always good for one, said, when we hear news, we should always wait for the sacrament of confirmation. It is a little interesting, is it not, Tim, that... uh, So often, the first reports from an accident, from a riot, from a battle in a war, from all kinds of things are way off. And, you know, I don't know what it is about us peeps, but uh, apparently we we tend to exaggerate right at at first.
0: Or just work off of assumptions. Yes. And, uh, and of course, if you want to be first of the news and talk... We waited until Friday to talk about the big story on Monday, right? Which was the which was yes. the firing of uh, <clears throat> good old good old Tucker Carlson. But it turns out that he even wasn't quite fired. We I can get that quite right even at Friday.
1: Yes, and I want to actually in in uh, with a salute to Seinfeld. Remember their episode where they started at the end and worked backwards in the episode? Yeah.
0: Okay. yeah. Let's
1: start on Friday with Pray Tell about Tucker which was written and published before we knew the full story uh, so i invite people to to read it one of the things we pointed out is uh, uh and, and we weren't the first we were mer- merely uh, parroting the uh the words of others but uh but the idea of attacking uh big pharma who who, who needs to be attacked it it without doubt um But the idea of doing that on television, is very difficult, especially in in a day and age in which it seems like, you know, seven of every eight commercials are from big pharma on on television.
0: Since I sort of spilled the beans, what we learned after that went to press was that he probably really wasn't fired exactly. Uh, His show was canceled and his and his uh, chief producer was fired
1: yes and he's he's still on contract it sounds like um and and uh, there were several good comments at the at the website uh about uh what had happened to them giving further information and so on but it's going to be very interesting because you could look at it as the shutting up of tucker carlson now you you could look at it as a punishment to where you're fired get out of here But now it turns out, and of course, there was three or four days of the MSNBC, you know, people going berserk and dripping in blood, and it was just Tucker was the most evil person who ever lived. But anyway, uh, that that whole thing, you know, it it isn't that Fox said we we're done with you. You've done something wrong necessarily. It's more. And, and if someone did something wrong, Fox would know because they they know all about doing stuff wrong. Um, but it it certainly could be the fact that they don't want him speaking. And what everyone asked right away is, where does he end up? You know, he's had he's been on CNN, he was on MSNBC for a little bit. He's been at different publications in the print media way back when he was younger. Fox News, he's the he's the biggest talk show personality on TV. Uh and and you know, and in terms of cable and and news. And it's not like Bill O'Reilly, where you know he had he was it was a scandal. It's that I think they don't like his politics. And it looks like they're trying to shut him up because what would what everyone wondered is where does he end up? It looks like maybe he ends up muzzled through the 2024 election. And that is bizarro land. Of course, we've been living in bizarro land for a, a good number of years now, or at least recognized uh, for even a good number of, of years.
0: Now, it's possible that he does what Judge Knapp did. You remember Judge Knapp was, his show was King,
1: King Palatino, because uh, yes. uh, some, some of our viewers may not may not know Judge Knapp.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, Judge Knapp, excuse me. No wonder I say Judge Knapp. I can't say Napolitano. But many of us refer to him as Judge Knapp, partly because he was the most libertarian person on television at that time. And Knapp stands for the non-aggression principle. And his last few episodes were astoundingly uh, confrontational with basic ideas, kind of like what Tucker has been doing is that he's very pointed and very confrontational with the whole establishment and they just shut him up. They shut down a show, but as uh, judge snapped so there was no hard feelings and he continued on being uh, whatever the contributor or contributing editor or contributing. Right, right. I don't know what, what it is. That the Fox well,
1: news contributor. It comes with the some theory. money, I think so. So don't poo poo it,
0: but well, I'm sure it's, it's a, it's a, <laughs> right. living, but, but it's not what Tucker was making as the big show. Uh, and now i'm speculating that they probably have the ability to just cancel the show and cancel his contract for the show without really much legal recourse
1: i i don't i have no idea what his contract is but i am thinking that if it appears to the public that somehow he is prevented from speaking it will not be good for fox news it will it might be good for Tucker actually, in in the sense that you always want what you can't have. and but it puts him in a position in which he's the guy who must be silenced, the, the you know he who must not be named. and uh, and that's not a bad position to be in in many ways. And it would seem to me that one of the things we mentioned in this piece is that Fox News is already from initial assessments of viewership and so on uh and i'm vouching for all of them they're spot on no i have no idea but from what we read uh they've already taken a hit certainly his show has but that's not any shock and and that could be picked up they they have brian kilmeade who's who's been a trooper this week he's on in the mornings and and does radio and then he's on at night and it's like oh my goodness but but anyway um they've taken a hit and 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 so it's it's what would happen if people started to say on the right, I'm boycotting Fox News and pushing for their cable to I want one America news network or I want Newsmax on my TV and I want to, you know, and and uh, Tucker going then to Newsmax or something. It it could be a uh, and, you know, he could always break his contract and they could fight in court. But sure. um, but it's the sort of thing that this is, this is potentially, I mean, you can imagine some scenario in which it's not a good look for Tucker, but I kind of think it's a great look all the way through. And, um, and I think it's a horrible look for Fox News. It's the, we don't want to give you what you want. We're not here to let you hear from the people you'd most like to hear from, we pay them money so they won't talk to you. We literally pay them money so you cannot hear who you want to hear. I mean, that's a weird place to be as a media company.
0: Yeah, and it also gives a strange impetus to something that's been in the back of many people's minds, and that is something that Tucker's promised never to do. But if he felt abused by Fox, would he run for office? Would he challenge the uh, DeSantis and Trump uh, in Iran? I mean, I don't think so. But if he felt that he was being p- pushed into a corner, that could be very interesting.
1: It could be interesting. But, boy, I sure hope to. I, I hope he doesn't go that route because he's not a good candidate, I don't think. I mean, he just he has certain... You know, his shtick, which is a turnoff to, I think, a lot of people. They don't like his his laugh or his this or that. And and like I said, in my house, if I'm uh, turning Tucker on, uh, and I have to say, I used to watch a lot of cable news. I watch very little now. Uh, But the only time I'm thinking, oh, good, I get a chance to watch it, or I think, geez, I wonder what they had about a certain story, is his show. And the others, I think, not that they're terrible or anything. I mean, there are times where I catch a minute and they have something good and and so on. Um, and not just Fox, but the MSNBC and, and CNN. Uh, most times not. Most times it's just like, boy, this is really bad. But um, but I I like it when I get a chance to see his show. And oftentimes I don't agree with his shtick his that night or his take on a certain issue or just think that, you know, I mean, and and there are times where his laugh or his cackle or his meanness at different times or his, I uh, oh, thank you for what you're doing, like you know, you know, you're the most wonderful person in the world because you came on my show and agree with me, and you know, kind of over niceness, um, but you know, look, he's like a lot of us. He's a weird dude. I mean, I kind of think he's a, he's a smart kid who's maybe a little, you know, maybe he's on the spectrum just a little bit. Sometimes people are a little bit weird. That's, that's good. Not bad. And, and I, I can appreciate people who find him obnoxious. I don't care. I don't care if he's obnoxious or not. I want to know what he's been providing in terms of information for the last six years. And, and, uh, and like I've, I've, t- I've said in previous times when we've discussed him or, uh, know my first contact with him really i did not like him very much on crossfire i thought he was too much of a jerk and too much always on the on the republican side no matter what which was not the case with bob novak and pat buchanan um and bill press from the left was not that way although begala was he was a hack and yeah Begala was was pathetic yeah yeah and and so begala and and tucker were were the worst of of crossfire i think and the first thing i'd ever really read about him was supposedly he poured a drink on grover norquist at some party or something on purpose kind of to be an ass and uh and i guess i probably should have you know like voltaire would tell us i probably should have confirmed that before i kind of had this you know oh Tucker carlson's a bad guy because i love grover and i think grover's a great guy and and a very bright political uh mind and uh, and I very much appreciate my friendship with, you know, I, I respect him and I also consider him a, a friend. And that's not everybody in Washington. <laughs> there's, a lot of, there's a lot of frenemies in Washington, but um, but so I I started out kind of with a negative view of Tucker Carlson, and uh, and he's got a few takes that aren't you know it's not my cup of tea necessarily, but I just I I, I think people. Um, you know, not to give my wife a hard time. You watch it, honey. You're gonna watch it whether you like it or not. Yeah, I have a lot of power around here, anyway. But, uh, but it it is. I think a lot of times I'm I'm not looking for entertainment, and a lot of that is entertainment. But that's not what I'm looking for, and maybe that's why I'm so frustrated with it and and watch less and less. His was very informative on all kinds of things. Um, and, and I say that there are times where I think he was pushing something that turned out really not to be accurate. But it's good to be pushing things that aren't the same old crap that everybody else is pushing and looking at things a different way. There have been a lot of times that, you know, he was on stuff like the lab leak and that sort of thing way ahead of other people. He was, you know, he was he was looking at China like the enemy it is to America like anybody who studies China who can actually read, you know, Mandarin Chinese will tell you they don't like us. Um, and I, I don't mean the Chinese people. I, I think that there's no problem between us and the Chinese people coming either way, coming or going. Uh, but it's but boy, uh the CCP, the Chinese Communist Party, the Chi-Nazis, as I call them, they uh they are not friendly. And and Tucker picked up on that. And he didn't just pick up on it to like spend a few minutes on the air, you know, trying to think of really hyperbolic words. He brought stories and information about it that helped to build that out and to give you insights that you're not going to get anywhere else. And that's why I miss him. Um, and I and I admit, I'm, I, you know, wasn't like I'm watching him every night, but I, I picked up a lot of stuff on, on, uh, you know, a lot of times we're trying to do a, a commentary and I'm looking for something else and, and, you know, some other take on it or somebody who will kind of say what I've been thinking about on it. And very often he's done something on the, the angle that I thought was, you know, kind of my angle. Uh, but, but, you know, anybody who does what, what we're doing, Tim, realizes that your angle is, you know, this is all about different angles and, and uh, it's not like we're scooping the world I feel very good about and and our last thing today we'll get to here in a in a few, but uh bioweapon. But uh available today free at this is sense.org But um but you know, I think we've done a lot of stuff on the lab leak and and the coronavirus that that I'm proud of in in the sense that we, you know, there's a lot of stuff out there. And if someone was reading Common Sense every day, I think they got a wealth of information about it. Um, and they they didn't get every crazy idea. You know, we try. You know, it it always helps for someone to look at something. Not that we didn't maybe weren't off on on all kinds of things, but we're trying. And uh, and it's always nice when you can get, like I have some people who filter information to me uh i have a a guy who's always sending me stuff i love you man you know it uh who's always sending me stuff on military uh things going on with china and russia and the u.s and and he's into that and he knows that and so it allows me to get stuff that you know otherwise i'd just be googling or duck duck going and taking what i can get and it also then gives me someone i can I can bounce off it on. And, and, uh, and so, you know, more and more getting that information, especially in a world in which we all are recognizing constantly that we're reading stuff that we cannot verify. We cannot quite confirm is true and from a lot of different sources. And I think there, there always is that tendency to want to say, well, I'm going to just start believing this source because they're with me a lot of the time. And, And it's like, you can't do it. You got it. We we have to be discerning.
0: Now, a lot of people, you know, are hoping that he gets picked up by the Daily Wire or some existing alternative news media organization or commentary site, whatever. I don't want him on Daily Wire. That would be disastrous for him and for us.
1: I'd like him on Newsmax. I wonder if Newsmax couldn't make a run on OAN or whatever and uh, One America Network or uh and fox and of course fox is the big you know fox has more than msnbc and cnn combined in terms of viewership and uh and so you know if if he goes somewhere else in unless it's a network and i'm not sure i'm not sure how they compete really because i'm not this is not my area of expertise but but if he goes somewhere else he's likely to have a smaller audience and well, to start like with but he, he could want to, create yeah, something big. Want to go someplace where he could grow right where he could tangibly be easy to see him growing and and you could imagine that a lot of cable systems might want to pick up a network that had tucker carlson
0: i have a kind of different hope for tucker than other people because i don't think that his show on fox is what we need more of i think that he is the the best person to provide leadership in several shows that do different views of the news that actually go deeper into ser- subjects than he does on his show. He's yes. too argumentative and not exploratory enough, in my opinion. Right. The news is no longer the news, as far as I can tell, anywhere, really. We don't get news right. stories. We get commentary. And I think that he's the perfect person to head an actual news show. And then do commentary. And I think he could develop a news show that would be unlike anything that's occurred before and would be better than anything that's occurred before, because he has the talent. I think he's a leader now and he could do something amazing for everybody.
1: I think you're right there. I think you're right. He could still have his his occasional or even every once a show, you know, once a day on one of the programs or whatever, however he did it. But I think you're right. It's, it is the news angles that he took that I think made him what he is and uh and I think that that would be a neat program and i the truth is I think sometimes at common sense um you know sometimes getting the right clothes or the right rhetorical flourish you know is difficult and you're you're wanting to put it on there because that's what's going to sell papers and win converts and and build freedom and so on and uh i think sometimes the most powerful pieces are just a retelling of what in other words there's nothing really to add to it you just tell the story and there's no need at the end to say, see, so freedom's good. And, and giving people a lot of arbitrary power and authority is not such a great idea. You don't have to do that. Everybody just sees it. Um, And, and boy, I think, well, think about if, if, uh, if the news media outside of Fox were showing as many, you know, videos of downtown LA and, uh, and, and, and. I wonder how much coverage. I wonder if anybody who doesn't watch Fox knows that uh, in Oregon, they're passing laws that basically give you a right, not only a right to be on the street, the public street to live there, basically, but a right to privacy (laughs) on the public street. And I'm thinking the first part of that is an insane, really screwy, destructive idea. The second part of that, it it's not sane enough to get to the label of insane. I mean, it's like a, it's, it, there's no there, there. It, it, how on earth do you give somebody pri- a right to privacy? Someone who who's earned nothing other than to be a nuisance on a public street. How does that person earn the right to not only live on that public street, but to have privacy? You guys... Hey, quiet down, everybody. I'm, I'm going to take a nap now. In fact, close these stores and get out of downtown. I'm tired. I'd like to, you know, read a little quietly and then go to bed.
0: <laughs> I don't know if you have seen or if many people have seen Tucker's appearance on the Full Send podcast. Something I've I'd never, I'd never watched it before. I knew nothing about the, the this podcast. He had an hour and a half or two hours with uh, two young men. And it's probably the best podcast episode with Tucker I've ever seen. It was astounding. And then towards the end, he had a one-two punch that uh, sort of answered the question, you know, what's changed for you? Why, Why are you different than you used to be? Because he is different than he was 20 years ago. And he talked about his regrets, but mainly he went right to Epstein and UFOs. And he said that these two stories show us that we've been lied to a lot and we're continuing to be fed lies we that still goes on especially with epstein it's really obvious because it's obviously true that he was killed and he explained why it's obviously true that he was killed in case you you, you believe cnn or msnbc right, but for some reason right. i don't know why they're that's it's a very peculiar thing they have intelligent people defend that position uh but he, he explained
1: for the most part though they haven't had to defend it Because it's just crickets. Right. And that's what we see so often, that they're not doing a bunch. They're just silence. There's just silence about anything that doesn't fit the narrative.
0: And uh, Tucker, apparently at the same time I did, realized that the UFO story wasn't the stupid story that I thought it was. And he actually has read a fair amount about it. And he, he talked about the, the the call that he got from a Harvard physician uh, telling him about his contract work with the U.S. government to determine the cause of all these health complaints of U.S. servicemen who have uh, been gravely in and sometimes mortally injured by UFO contacts. And things like this. And he also recognizes that, as far as we can tell, UFOs are coming from the oceans. They're not coming from the outer space. Now, maybe they are, but, we, but, but they're in the oceans. And that's another thing that most people never know anything about. They have, they have no idea of what how extensive this information is and, and the testimony and the data. And uh, this is an astounding story. And he just realizes that the people who should be disclosing information to us do not and the people who are supposed to be telling us the truth because it's a republic, right? That's hey, right. that's the, that's right. the story. Uh, just do not do so, and they're liars. And he's just willing to say, point blank, they're liars. You can't trust them, and so it's one of the reasons he's probably against the Ukraine war. It's not because he's against the Ukrainians, but he just believes they're lying to us. And if with that many lies, you can't support our side if our side is lying about war. This is the thing that I, I make a point of a lot, is that... It, that the United States government has done more to undermine the United States government than any other.
1: Well, there, no, there's no question about that. And I'm glad you brought this up. I'm uh, not necessarily glad you went to that, to that end conclusion, but but I, I, I am glad you brought this up because it is one of the key elements that makes Tucker Carlson different than the other Fox and really the other MSNBC and CNN people. And that is that he's on the whole issue of government constantly lying, lying where there doesn't appear to be any reason you'd even lie, except that when that's lying going on, now you really know there's stuff you don't know. Um, and and he just, he's been much more aggressive on that. He gets absolutely zero credit for it. Absolutely, in the media, I mean. Um, the other media treats him... As as just pure evil, and you know it, usually when someone's pure evil, you have the different situations and so on. Um, and recently, the big news is that he used the c word uh, in some communications and so on. And and you know I, I'm a busy guy, and I don't I don't usually these sorts of stories and stuff. I do not have time to read those, and I don't, uh, and I didn't in this case, but. I I just sometimes notice when they're trying to beat someone to death, and that's the sort of this is out of all out of this like fifty years of life. (laughs) This is this is what we've got on them, and it just you know I come in to think you don't you know you you're demonizing this guy like he's the worst person in the world, and he used this word in a private conversation in some office somewhere. Anyway, um and and of course again I'm not, you know, it I don't like Tucker Carlson so much because I don't know Tucker Carlson. Although I have to say uh hearing some of his different talks and getting to know about him a little bit more, I like him more than I did before. But um but it's like I my credit to him is from a journalistic you know, direction. And and that's never that's never brought up. Because of course, for him to tell the stories he's telling is just about hate. It's just about evil. It's just about, you know, if you if you basically declare that your opponents are hateful, evil, terrible people who must be stopped in every way, shape, and form, you really don't I mean it doesn't make a whole lot of sense to then hear them out. (laughs) So although although with China, you know, sometimes I think it's that sort of way, the one second they, you know, the media, it, it's kind of, they're portrayed as this, well, there's a genocide going on, and there's concentration camps, and then the next second is, you know, well, we we have to compete with them, but we want to cooperate on climate change, and I'm just thinking, you know, would we really, like, fall all over ourselves to have cooperated with Adolf Hitler on climate change? I mean, it it just, these things don't go together, but but when you're just we it it seems increasingly like we live in a society in which it, it's Baghdad Bob. It's the you're just reading the talking points put in front of you when when you can say it's a mostly peaceful protest as the flames are just shooting up behind you, it's and then i've I've seen news programs where they defend that. They, it was mostly peaceful. Yeah, you know what? You've got a point there. But since the flames are going up, it wasn't totally peaceful, and we might want to talk about the part that wasn't peaceful. It's insane. And speaking of more insanity, um, on Thursday we had Happier in the Moment, which I'm not going to go into a long thing about it, uh, but I encourage you to go read Happier in the Moment at thisiscommonSense.org. It's about, uh, uh, Project Veritas, which even though James O'Keefe is no longer with them, seems to still be doing some things, which is wonderful because some of these videos, and I think of the the folks who did the the videos with Planned Parenthood, and that one guy is still facing like a life in prison for you know ridiculous you know trumped up charges. But um, but anyway, um, I these are important things that they're doing, and it's investigative journalism. That really makes a difference, and they talk to a bunch of doctors who are doing uh, puberty blockers and uh, you know sexual reconstructive uh, surgery, uh, re-destructive, uh surgery, and it's like they you, you just you, you kind of want to shake them because you see in this video that it's, they recognize they're making life altering changes with a scalpel and with drugs. And they're doing it with kids. And they recognize that these kids aren't really capable of making the kind of informed decision that the doctors who are doing it think they ought to be. And they're doing the surgeries anyway. It's like you were, if you were taking a little, just a little bit farther, not that much further, but, but life and death further, if you were in a clinic that, uh, well, what's the term? I'm getting old. I can't think of anything, but the, uh, you know, life-ending care, uh, you're Dr. Kevorkian, and, and you want to help people who want to end their life. They're in terrible pain. There could be all kinds of reasons. Um, And we can disagree or disagree or debate the the ethics of it all, but that's what they want. And you're in a clinic where people come in and say, I'd like to end my life and would you help me and blah, blah, blah. Let's say now that you have people coming in who they're not really with it and they can't really tell you. And you're really yourself kind of concerned that I don't, I'm not sure that's what they actually said. I don't know that they're really with it enough to give me informed consent. Do you kill them? And then kind of go, well, it's what the the paperwork kind of looked like that's what they wanted. Or he did say yes, but he said yes to all kinds of things because he was like, you know, had dementia or something. This is this in a day and age in which we all recognize the power of medicine. The need for medical ethics is really high, not low, high. And this is zero. On the record, gee whiz, you know there wasn't any real consent. Get them under the knife. This is insane, and it 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 just strikes me that this, you know, this is an issue that's that's very difficult for people. The people going through it, the people who love the people going through it. Um, the last thing that anybody needs is a bunch of political activists and unethical doctors. To be driving this issue, and uh, that's not that doesn't help anyone, and and that looks to be a lot of what's going on.
0: I want to call attention to the title again: "Happier in the Moment?" Question mark? Yes. Because that's a that's a quotation from one of the doctors who admitted, in your quotation, uh, that uh, it really is hard to square the idea of uh, informed consent among fourteen year olds who really can't. They don't even have the brain capacity to make some of these decisions, or that's the standard way people put it these days. Though, so, frankly, I'm a little dubious about some of that. But anyway, that's beside the point. Excuse right. me.
1: <coughs> well, and 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 let me say that that it is true that there's there there are some deficiencies that people aren't their their frontal cortex is not as as uh, matured or this or that. I, I I don't want this to sound like, oh, well, if, if you're not this age, then you're like a zombie or something. That's not the case either. But when you're doing life-altering stuff, stuff that people are going to, that, that involves sex, it's a pretty big deal for people. I, I've been told. That's what everybody's saying. <laughs> and uh, if you're going to do that, that really requires a different level. This isn't uh, do you think it's okay if I give you an aspirin, you know, uh, you know, this isn't like a lot of things, or you know, uh giving out birth control or or this sort of thing. The and and not that those aren't serious things, but this is the rest of somebody's life, there are consequences and about very important personal, intimate matters that it just you know it it's not the run of the mill. oh, should we have gotten somebody else to sign the form? <laughs> you know, to say it's okay this is this is the kind of thing where I think, um, and i I know transgender people who would argue they should not be able to do things until people have reached legal age because they're concerned and and I don't think there's any well they maybe wouldn't you know they wouldn't like it if they did it it's just that you're not legal age there is something i mean when, when we have a legal age it would seem like you'd want to stick by it like more than once out of every other time
0: yeah well there's a lot of a lot packed in there uh the thing i liked about the title <laughs> was that uh the doctor then went on to say that well at least they're happier in the moment and that, to me, is as chilling a thing that I've ever heard from a doctor as anything else, because the thing in question is deciding the right time and overtime for your life when you're not able to do so. So that he, that's all called into question, and he's saying, well, you're, at least they're happier now. Well, that's not an argument for making life-altering decisions at the age of 14. Mm-hmm. And, and that's what was interesting about it, because it reminds me, not of Orwell, but of Huxley, is that, Huxley's argument was that we are going to lose our freedoms through pleasure and uh, making decisions based on pleasure and focusing on just the pleasures and not anything else, and that this could be very disastrous and that was his main point it was just, that was underlying a lot of his critique especially if you understood it through the lens of his later book Brave New World Revisited where he explained <laughs> all the things that are uh, arrayed against us making good decisions and having a full human life one of them is propaganda and how people use ideology you know in a psychological operation against other people and themselves and dupe themselves of doing really bad things. And that was one of his main points. Uh, I've always been a Huxley in this regard. And uh, that was the chilling moment because that is not utilitarianism. Utilitarianism is not about happier in the moment, right? Utilitarianism was a robust theory of, Pleasure and pain over a lifetime, and the, even they the expanded it. I mean,
1: good for the greatest number,
0: but times. it's also for the oneself, and it could. It, it, and many utilitarians were very robust theorists of happiness, even. But happier in the moment is not the key. Uh, no,
1: that is that. It's such a it's, it's like whistling by the graveyard, and doctors shouldn't do that. Um, it it's it really is kind of saying. Shh. Let's keep making money. Everybody's happy now. We know, I mean, the whole reason this conversation is going on is because we know this is not likely to work out very good for everybody. But just kick the can down the road. And when you're the guy who's making a bunch of money out of it, that's not the ethical. I mean, I think think the doctors may be happier in the moment, too. Because I think long-term, there may be some people very, very upset at the way that they've practiced uh, their art.
0: Well, I've argued before that I expect in a few five years or so a rash of serial killings against doctors. And there'll be people who are deeply wounded and realize they've ruined their lives and they realize their malefactors were doctors. And this is going to be an awesomely horrific thing. Uh, And uh, I'm just astounded that anyone could give such a low, lame-brained argument and excuse for what they're doing. Your uh, Wednesday piece was. Can they do that?
1: Go go read it. But it's it. it I think the shock value of this one is that uh, Zion, Illinois, town inspectors trying to force their way into renters, and of course the backstory is that they don't like renters in, in that town, and that's that's their right, you know, as Americans, not to like renters. But when they start to use the power of the state against renters, that's where their rights end. And they're in the wrong. And I'd love to see some sort of civil rights action against them. But but they've been stopped, at least so far. And and uh, it's a good story. But it's it's a, it's it took some renters who weren't willing to go along. And the whole goal was to be able to snoop and see if they can find some way to make money. That's that's my take on it and they uh because what they did after they couldn't get in after the renter said you need to get a warrant is they went to the landlord and started charging fines because they wouldn't let them in and the landlord i think when i think i'm calling my lawyer so anyway this is uh that the local government would behave so meanly viciously wrongly so abusive of the limited power that they should have and this is we we see this stuff all the time this has permeated our governmental system we have an us versus them we aren't the government anymore and um and we we need to be more uh and then of course we had another one having to do with uh renters and home homeowners and uh landlords and so on on rent-free in Oakland. And uh, you know, this one I thought uh uh this was on Tuesday, and I wanted to to go through just a, a couple of the uh comments on this because I thought they were interesting. Um uh, Daniel Kean McKernan, uh who often comments uh very brightly, uh he points out that that and 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 just before I read what he had to say, I should mention, of course, that um this is about having a moratorium on any sort of of uh you know for forecl- not foreclosure, but any sort of uh um Tim, why can't I think of the the name for when it's time you got to go? You're being kicked out of your rental property. It's not foreclosure. What is that?
0: Oh, and I forgot it, too. I would say expulsion, but that's not the word. Eviction.
1: Eviction. It's not really that tough a word, but eviction. So they've had this across the country, of course, that, that because of COVID, you couldn't evict people. They're worried people lose their job and so on. And so, uh, and, and, you know, we're trying to stabilize things. Let's give them the benefit of all the doubts, but this has gone on for a long time. And, and finally in Oakland, California, they finally voted to end the, uh, moratorium on eviction so that if someone hasn't paid for the last three years, uh, you know, they, you can, you can finally say you got to leave. But, um, What's interesting, it doesn't even take effect until July 15th, so goes on months and months. But one of the people in in one of the stories that we linked to uh, who was complaining about this, uh, his his next-door neighbor, because he lives in a duplex that he owns, and his next-door neighbor has not paid rent since the beginning of the pandemic, he owes him $56,000. His, na- his next-door neighbor rentee uh rentor, whatever it is, but the guy who's who's living in the rented uh, the non-rented apartment, the it might as well be a squatter, which we talked about the week before, but um owes him fifty six thousand dollars. And one of the problems is uh this John Williams, the owner of the duplex, is facing foreclosure. He is see, everybody's not independently wealthy. Everybody's not a billionaire. And and you know, one to even billionaires. If somehow they got charges that are a billion and one dollars, they're bankrupt. And uh, and so it's it's uh, this this idea that we can just count on people who own property as being independently wealthy, able to bear any burden. There are so many Americans, uh, and I think maybe I should have done more of this. But so many people I know who have rental property. Maybe it's a couple of places, maybe it's more. And many times they have another job. They're trying to build so they have something in their old age. They can hand something down to their kids. You know, they're hardworking people. Let's face it, they work too hard. They make the rest of us look bad who just want to lay around and do whatever we want to do. So we don't want to be too nice to them. But I don't know that we can really keep penalizing them all the time and uh so this this uh this is is i think and and i'm sure it's happened across the country where you know the guy who owned the property is going bankrupt and there's nothing to to help them uh although we've had you know they've had all kinds of problem uh programs to give money to different people as long as they kept their you know employees going and you know we've and and, and what that's led to, it seems like to me, is for a lot of people who are good at filling out paperwork to make a lot of money off the taxpayer and off the pandemic and a lot of people who were in need to to get nothing. But anyway, but go take a look at Rent Free in Oakland. Well, you
0: didn't quote Daniel,
1: though. Oh, and I'm going back there to quote Daniel, and then I want to go all the way down. I got to put my glasses on. Um, uh, But he says these are takings. Uh, and this is the government... Uh, He's exactly right. These moratoria are takings. Landlords should sue for compensation, invoking the fifth and 14th amendments of the Constitution of the United States. This is nothing more than we're going to take control over your property. And when the government does that, it owes you market value for what it's taken. So uh, a very, very good point. One that we did not raise. I mean, usually we're perfect, but we missed that one. And of course, in 250, words. Sometimes we miss several points. Um, Pat says, I doubt that the Oakland City Council ever declared a pandemic rationalized moratorium on payment of property taxes to the city. And she's poking at me because I called it a pandemic rationalized moratorium. But of course, it was a pandemic rationalized moratorium. It was a moratorium. They rationalized it because of the pandemic nobody argued about that but that's sort of the uh uh you know that's sort of the, the 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 take she has on it the landlord is required to pay those whether or not the tenant pays rent um and so i don't even know what she's talking about in terms of paying the uh the uh oh, oh the property taxes yeah yeah um, who is foreclosing the bank assuming the landlord holds a mortgage or the city for non-payment of property taxes or both. I learned that the city could seize your land if property taxes aren't paid and of course they can. But I think here it's it's the bank and not the city over property taxes and for and and I don't know for sure, but I'm I'm just surmising you're going to go belly up on the mortgage for that place. Before you go belly up for the property taxes. Now there are people like in, in my area, our property taxes are high enough that it's like when when we've fully paid off the house and we're not that far away. Um when we fully paid off the house, we're still gonna have a a, a little bit of a monthly nut. And that is the uh the property taxes we have to pay uh for for the three kids, none of which went to public schools. Um, but anyway, uh but but it really doesn't matter in the sense that the whole unfairness here is, there's no pretend unfairness. <clears throat> this guy's offered property for people to live in if they don't have somewhere else to live. He's charged a fee. They agreed to pay that fee. They have no complaint that's been, you know uh, uh, you know, put out there about the place. They're just simply using the ability uh, as and and this story goes into some detail about you know in, the, in, in a couple of these cases um, you know they're taking trips abroad and so on. They're not paying their their rent not because they're broke. They're not paying their rent because they don't have to legally, and and that's just it's it's sickening. Um, now we then have Karen H who says as a California resident. I have seen this in action. A tenant in my building didn't pay her rent for two years. She used that, this is uh, this is what I was just saying, Some, but since I got it from her, I'm gonna quote her. Uh, she used that extra money for trips, clothes, and other items. I know another guy that didn't pay his rent and saved it, put it down on a house out of state. In Los Angeles, you now must either vacate the units or start paying back the money's owed. As long as you make an effort, to pay the back rent you can't lose your rental there is no stipulation as to how much you must additionally pay above your current monthly so arguably you could pay you know your if your monthly rent is 1200 dollars, you could pay 1201 dollars and they could never do anything to you about the two years of back rent that you never paid well there are good people that benefited from this moratorium while they were locked down, there are as many that game the system. The libera- liberality of California equals insanity. But I wanted to point out one thing, uh, Tim, that she says here about there were good people who benefited, and and I'm sure that there were there were a lot of people that benefited. One of them just by the law of averages had to be good. Um, but that's not really the point. Um, you know, if if someone shot everybody in, you know, West Virginia and gave the money to the poor people of Virginia, all those poor people would benefit. But it's not exactly the fair thing to I mean, I'm not advocating that policy somehow. And and here, yes, yeah, some of the people benefited, but, but even if, if there was a big problem with people being unemployed and unable to pay their rent, there are ways to go at that where you're not encouraging the person who's knocking down big money to just say, I don't have to pay my rent anymore. I mean, this is, and and I know during the pandemic, I had some liberal friends uh, who have done very well for themselves in this world, who told me that I was silly, silly to think that somebody who was getting unemployment at a hopped up rate, because they they did a much higher unemployment rate at the federal level, in addition to the state unemployment back at the beginning of the pandemic, if people will remember. And uh that that if I thought people weren't gonna go back to work for that, you know, I was crazy. And uh, and of course, I knew all these people, because I know people who aren't rich. <laughs> you know, I knew all these people who won. They weren't in a rush to go back to work because they're knocking down more money than they could possibly make it work without working. And even if you like to work, if they'll pay you more not to, you're probably going to like the money more. And then there were others. But I had a friend who told me because they had to limit their hours. If they went too far, if they got too many hours, then they were employed in some way where they couldn't get the unemployment anymore um, or whatever the special federal payment was. And he told me the story of someone who miscalculated on their form and worked like two extra hours. And it, it cost them like $800 that week. I mean, you can imagine that if working two extra hours cost you $800 that you wouldn't work two extra hours next time you would manage to prevent that. It's it's and, and why people think, I guess they think that everybody's good and that, therefore, good people just go to work as if somehow you're gooder. You're more good if you go to work and don't make as much money as if you stayed home and made more. It's there's nothing wrong with staying home and making more money if that's how it works. You're not an evil person for doing that, and and so you know the fault isn't it isn't somehow all oh, the. The poorer people who won't go work for less money than we will pay them to stay home. It's they're not the problem. It's the it's the people making these decisions, including my liberal friends who who are clueless about how just basic things work. And and again, these are these are people I like, people I respect their intelligence, um, but are absolutely out to lunch about stuff like this. And, and don't seem to be capable, and I'm sure they would say the same things about me and other people and view, but they don't seem to be capable to, to see that. It's like they're so certain that they know how people they don't know are thinking. And when you tell them, well, you know, I know a bunch of people who are in exactly this position and here's what they're saying. And it's like, oh, yeah, yeah, no, that couldn't be. That must be Fox News. Must have just slipped that slipped that into your drink or something, you know.
0: I remember when I was 22 years old. No, that's not true. I remember 22 years ago when uh, I, I was unemployed. The whole like a whole department was just killed at once, and so there was a lot of unemployed people. We were commiserating with each other, uh, or, you know, over beers, and I was drinking that Coke, and uh, and one of the friends who had been let off had gone to nepal and come back all the while on unemployment and his response was isn't the state great and he was of course a very liberal you say but i say progressive i say leftist he was one of those people i don't want to charge people with dishonesty but i don't think they're on the truth i think they're lying to themselves and i think that they do that they've been taught to do so in a certain way i think they don't believe it either because they all everybody knows that people respond to incentives everybody who's uh, certainly rich i just don't believe they believe it i believe they have some sort of quirk that they think they can lie on this subject and be good about it i believe it's the noble lie i believe it's from plato and i think everybody's affected by it when their ideology is at stake and they're willing to do it and i I hate to say it i just don't believe these people because i've listened to them for all my adult life and i just don't believe them and now i sometimes wonder if sometimes i don't have the same thing going on like you said in some other realm but in this case this is definitely they are not on the right track (laughs) Yeah, yeah,
1: and even when it's painfully demonstrated in living color.
0: But, well, there has uh, been a number of cases of, during the Obama administration where predictions based on that kind of idea uh, were shown to be untrue. Uh, the great example, I think, you called attention to, to during this is dot org was that uh, when the unemployment, the big unemployment package after the uh, two thousand eight financial collapse. You know There was a lot of unemployment shirts going on for a long time, and Obama and all the Democrats predicted as soon as the Republicans got rid of the thing, there would be massive unemployment because people couldn't find jobs. They would just, well, it didn't happen. Actually, employment increased almost immediately. It was very fast. And why? People wanted to make money, and they were no longer being subsidized. Not exactly a shock
1: after the the 90s and gingrich and the republicans and getting clinton to agree to welfare reform there were all these articles that would run it was a series in the in the washington post and it was about people running out of their their welfare benefits and almost invariably they would ask the person so what are you going to do now and they would say things like i guess i have to get a job <laughs> and i was like <laughs> I, I know I was really supposed to be sympathetic throughout this whole long article because you heard every problem they had and you know like like none of us have ever had any difficulty um and and so you hear that and but it's like that's the age old thing and it you know there's there's there are ways to help people but pretending that they're helpless is not one of them
0: the great large. Let's
1: come to our uh our last one which was our first one of the week uh which got some attention uh we got quite a few comments and i wasn't going to run to the comments but um but it was called bioweapon and you and i tim have have uh as i was talking earlier you know we've done a bunch of stuff on lab leak uh things and and fauci and company and 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 of course, I've been on a tear on China and Taiwan and South China Sea and all that area of the world, uh, really since 2019 and going to Hong Kong and being in the protest and and uh, for a day uh, and going to Taiwan and and learning a little something about the world. It's amazing what that'll do to you. but we have covered so much of the lab leak, and one of the things that both of us have noticed is that even when they finally, like when it was first mentioned that there could be a lab leak, it was uh, Senator uh, Tom Cotton, who's from my old home state of uh, Arkansas, where I grew up. Uh, and he mentioned something about the possibility of lab leak. And all of a sudden it was that he said there was a bioweapon. And he said no such thing. I remember, I saw that his actual thing was on uh Uh, Maria what's her name Bartoloma uh, on one of the Sunday morning show or whatever and and I remember seeing him on it and and uh, thinking oh that's interesting and then later reading in the post how he had said it was a bioweapon I thought boy that would have been big news and it sure wasn't during the segment I saw Um, he didn't say anything like that but it did lead to a bunch of collusion by Fauci that's all been well-established. None of the papers give a damn about it. They they don't spend a lot of time telling anybody about it. Uh, Sometimes they've reported kind of close to the truth a few times just just so they can later say they sort of did. But they've hid all of this, and they pretended that, oh, it was, you know, he somehow said it was a bioweapon. So then finally, after a year of censoring everybody, um, year plus, they decided, well, you know what? <laughs> it seems like the FBI and others and 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 of course, we can't get this information more directly because China won't give it to us because they're actively arresting and and threatening doctors not to do it. They're actively taking materials that they've put on the on, you know, up for other scientists to look at and pulling them back and not allowing people to look at and pretending that there's a, you know, they did the dog and pony thing when the the WHO, the World, World Health Organization went to uh, Wuhan and pretended, you know, went, heard a speech at the Wuhan Institute of Virology. That was their investigation. Um, I mean, it's just silly. Even the WHO, uh, the not, not, you know, Daltrey and uh, Pete Townsend, but uh, uh, Tetros, whatever his name is, who who uh, was the head of of the World Health Organization, even afterwards, you know, kind of did the mea culpa. Okay, we we recognize this was not an investigation, but sometimes it's still reported that way in the media. And 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 so, but but even when they did that, you and I both noticed that they said about. We know it could be a lab leak, probably not, but it could be, but it's certainly not. The one thing we know is it's not a bioweapon. And it just it just struck me. It's one of those things when someone says that and you think, wait a second, that doesn't sound right at all. Because how, could, how do you know it's not a bioweapon if you really don't know where it came from? Um, and I'm sure there are certain things scientifically that they would know. They could say, "Well, we could look at this," or whatever. But then explain them. Explain how we know for sure it's not a bioweapon. And what's interesting is what's come out, and what we talked about on Monday with with this piece, is that whether it was an intentional release of this virus or accidental. There is no question it was used as a bioweapon. And there is some serious evidence that, including the reality that some of this, that's incontrovertible, they shut down travel within China. Before they shut down travel, Chinese people going all over the world. There are people who have said they have been told that, China made a decision, as I quoted in this, it was a recent book I read, that uh, that if we're going to suffer from COVID, the whole world's going to suffer with us. And there are a lot of people, and I think they overstated it, we had a piece way back in 2020, uh, one of the first pieces we did on it, we pointed out, actually it was before we'd even, before we'd done anything on the lab leak, we pointed out this study that showed that had China been honest, and said hey we've got this thing and instead of saying there is no human to human transmission they would have said yes we know there's human to human transmission so instead of lying just bold faced in your in your face we're gonna actually tell the truth they estimated that 95 percent of the deaths worldwide could have been stopped i suspect that's that's not true i suspect that with a virus that you know it, it tends to move and and, and travel, and that that probably is, you know, like a lot of studies, based on some formula that in the real world wouldn't work out. But there's no question that they did everything they could to hide the reality from the rest of the world and then to allow, if not send, the virus throughout the world to fully, uh, knowingly allow it to travel throughout the world. I mean, maybe they didn't say, hey... You coughed a little bit. Would you like to travel to, how about uh, how about uh, Ypsilanti? Uh, could I get you a, a plane and then a bus ticket there? Um, you know, I mean, it's, it, they may not have done that, but they certainly allowed people to travel. And they raised a big stink when the U.S., when Trump finally said, we're shutting down, you know, travel from China. Um, so they use this as a bioweapon. And again, that's not going to be reported like it should be, but they did. And I think I think there are two takeaways in the whole coronavirus, lab leak, um, world pandemic, two real takeaways. And the first takeaway is that China is evil. These are not mistakes. These are actions with forethought, and they're evil, and they're deadly, and they're destructive, and they're tyrannical, and they're genocidal, and that's not good. And so we have to we have to stop talking about a, a rivalry and competition, and that's what you talk about when there's like a ball game or an economic contest. This is an evil regime. And, and you know, we do have a problem in that our regime is pretty evil and would like to learn to be as evil as China's. So that is a big problem because so the first point, the first takeaway is that China is evil. The second takeaway is that the U.S. governmental elite, and I'm not talking about just people in government, but I would I put Bill Gates in this in this group. I put Soros in this group. I'd put others in this group, but I would also put Fauci and the, the deep state and the, the big government science state. They are helping China. They're on China's side. And they don't don't necessarily see it. It's not a boy, I hate America, I like China. They like big government. They like a world controlled by people like them who tell all the little people what to do. And they figure that out pretty effectively in China. Now, I don't think that'll last forever, but I think there's a lot of people who, hey, I mean, how are you going to overcome the sort of force in a country with a, a 1.4 billion? Now, India just passed them, but but uh, and China will lose population, but they're still going to have a lot of people there. And that means that if there's a revolt one place, there's a lot of force that can be brought to it. That is not an easy society to run a regime change revolution in. And and so that's a big problem. Um, and, and our government, I think, would like to have those same sort of tools. They'd like to have a, a population that doesn't have any guns at home. They'd like to have the ability to put a jab in you anytime that they say that they're gonna put a jab in you. They'd like to control all the media and the educational stuff and not allow there to be any disinformation. And, and so this, this whole story, I think, has been so important in showing us that and in showing us how evil China is and how much our elite wants to be just like them.
0: Well, that sounds like a good place to end. There we are. And what do you think about calling this uh, episode the Sacrament of Confirmation?
1: Yes, I like that.
0: Partly because you've just uh, talked about the sacrament of confirmation has happened to some of our worst fears and some of our predictions about what we'd find in the lab leak. Yes. I like that
1: very much. That's
0: good. So we can say goodbye and uh, end the thing.
1: Yep. I think so, sir.
0: Okay. Good night.
1: All right, man. Thanks a lot.